This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omnial Saleh and Hani Balkis. Happy Tuesday, everyone, and good afternoon. Hope you're all having a blessed day and enjoying this brand new week that we're all kind of pushing through this week. Um, you're listening to Future Talk right here on Pulse95. This is the one and only place where we bring you the latest on what is happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and all around the world. Today's tech news is actually pretty interesting because we're talking all about outer space, but kind of not necessarily to outer space. We're trying to replicate the life on Mars right here in the UAE. Yes, because uh, we're going to let you meet the Emiratis who face eight months of isolation. And that is because they want to replicate a Mars trip. Yes, indeed. Coming up on today's show as well, we're talking all about Apple and how they're actually defending their iCloud scanning. They said that they're going to be relying on multiple child safety groups so that they can address all the privacy fears. And let me tell you, honey, this has been receiving a lot of backlash on social media and in the news in general. Yes, and I would believe so. Now, also, ladies and gentlemen, if you're tired from the heat, well, a new UAE cloud seeding test that was done in Texas does show promising results. And we're going to be getting into that in just a few. In the world of apps, lots is happening as well as we discussed discuss the final update that a lot of people have been waiting for. WhatsApp is finally allowing you to shift your chat backup in history from an Android device to an iPhone and from an iPhone to an Android device so easily. Yes, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're still not done talking about Android just yet because a beta Android accessibility feature does use facial expressions to control your phone. So let's say, for example, if you raise your <laughs> eyebrows, you might just switch apps. If you give your phone a kiss, you could probably <laughs> screenshot the screen. Let us know your guys' thoughts, 4215, do it or on our Instagram at Pulse95Radio. Taking a short break, but when we come back... We're talking all about the Emiratis who are replicating the live on Mars. Yes, so don't... Go yet, <laughs> Camila Cabello. Is that Camila Cabello? I think Camila Cabello. Cabello, there's uh. two L's. Pulse 95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Bits and bytes do connect our world. Ladies and gentlemen, we do know the UAE is very big on space. And, you know, in the past two years now, we've done a lot. I mean, you know, the achievements that if I would go on, I would take probably most of the segment. <laughs> but we have breaking news and very exciting news. And um, we're going to be talking about the two Emirati men who will face eight months of isolation. And that will be done to replicate a Mars trip. Now, the UAE has announced that two Emiratis, Abdullah Al-Hamadi and Saleh Al-Amiri, will participate in a space research program that will require eight months of near isolation. And obviously, that will be to replicate the long journey of Mars. Can I just say they deserve a round of applause? Because to live eight months in near isolation, I mean, we could barely handle... Yeah. <laughs> About how how long was the lockdown? Three months? Not even. Four for me. Was it? Yeah, because uh, I did my surgery. Oh, yes, yes. So three to four months was honestly too much. And that... We, with that, we were even able to go. Bad. <laughs> not bad, yeah. It wasn't that bad. Let me. If you go back, I'll hear you whining about how you're so bored and done with quarantine. But um, for the longest time, a lot of people were so annoyed by it. We were just so ready to get back to our normal lives. So, 
for these Emiratis to be able to embark on this journey, just to be able to kind of see what it's like to prepare to go to Mars, that's something that is worthy of us kind of appreciating them for. Now, only one of them will be spending eight months living with an international crew of six people inside Moscow's NEK Center in Moscow. The other would basically be kind of like what we see with backup astronauts. Mm -hmm. He would be a backup Mm -hmm. for this astronaut to be. This project is known as Cyrus 2021, and it's actually going to be measuring the impact that space travel has on our bodies physically, but also psychologically. Yes, and we do know that, you know, uh, it takes a lot of willpower and, you know, self-control going up and spending so much time alone with yourself. Now, there's a lot of physical and not as, uh, sorry, there's not as much physical as there is mental, mental, mm-hmm. you know, uh, well-being and, you know, control when you're up there. Because let me tell you, it's going to take a big toll on your mental health. And we do know that after a delay, which was caused by COVID-19 pandemic, the experiment is rescheduled to begin in November. So in about two or three months. Yep. And, you know, I'm really excited to see. And, you know, that's, the experiment will actually help scientists learn more about the human physiology and psychology during isolation now you know omnia mm-hmm. uh, there's always that meme on instagram where hey you know researchers are going to pay you a hundred thousand dollars to stay in your bed for like a month <laughs> yeah yeah because you know it's it, you think it's a meme but you know people are actually being paid to do that because you know they want to learn more about the human body they, about you know sitting at one, in one area at one time true and laying down for long periods of time now you know these two astronauts will also face several challenges during a lengthy space voyage including spending time away from family and you know working as a team and there's also health risks from radiation absolutely and we've constantly heard about the impact that space travel has had on astronauts there i think it's from what i've read their bones structure kind of changes the weight of the bone even decreases they have different uh, blood pressure issues heart issues when they return back from space travel mm. especially if that journey With was the elevation i believe yeah and the impact of gravity on your body so there are a lot of risks that these astronauts kind of sign up for whenever they go to travel in space what's interesting about this is we've always heard that the uae is preparing to build a settlement on the planet on the red planet mars by the year 2117 so this is one step closer to kind of figuring out how our human bodies would deal with such a change the uae has also announced different plans to work with partners in exploring possibilities of sending emiratis to the moon which i think is actually going to be the next step we've seen different rovers that are currently being built to be sent to the moon so i'm excited to see emiratis on the moon as well yes i mean i do believe that uh, you know Having a settlement on the moon is nearer or closer than having a settlement on Mars. And obviously because the year 2117, <laughs> I'll probably in, be in my grave by that time. And, you know, 4215, <laughs> do it a lot. Or on Instagram, Pulse95Radio, would you like to go to Mars? You know, would you like to live on Mars to be quite exact? I wouldn't. I honestly sometimes would. It feels nice to get away from all humans for a, quite a while. Well, there's got to be a settlement on Mars, <laughs> so there's going to be humans there too. 
You know what's interesting though? Both Emiratis who are embarking on this journey don't necessarily have have experience in, let's say, STEM sciences or maybe a bit in STEM, but like they're not they didn't study outer space in specific. So when we're talking about Saleh Al Amiri, he's actually born in Abu Dhabi and he has six years of experience in mechanical engineering. He is currently working with Adnoc and he decided to kind of embark on a different journey after becoming a certified skydiver and a master scuba diver. Mm-hmm. So he kind of wanted to explore his passion in outer space and he was inspired by different astronauts, one of them being Chris Hadfield. Mm-hmm. When it comes to Abdullah Al-Hamadi, he is actually born in Sharjah. He's born in Khurfakan and he holds a bachelor degree also in mechanical engineering from Abu Dhabi University, but he has had a huge passion for space ever since he was young and he's always wanted to explore the different galaxies, planets and stars. His role models are Hazza Al-Mansouri, which kind of explains why he is taking behind his footsteps and deciding to go on this very tough journey with his backup as well. Let us know what are your thoughts and just like Hani mentioned, would you like to go to live on Mars one day? I would, Hani wouldn't. <laughs> Our text lines are open, 4215, do it to or send into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. You're listening to Pulse95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Apple loves its privacy. Let's just say that. Their tagline, their brand new tagline is use Apple, use iPhones because it's all about privacy. But the newest updates that they have announced and that they have launched don't necessarily go by that new tagline, if Mm -hmm. I may say so myself. Recently, we've talked about them introducing iCloud scanning so that they can help kind of prevent and protect younger children from harassment, from abuse, from violence, you name it. But this requires them to basically scan our iCloud backups for any photos that may resemble child violence that are related to that topic, which caused a lot of people to kind of honestly erupt. A lot of people were angry, saying that Apple had no right to scan our own personal photos, Mm -hmm. even if it meant protecting the lives of those innocent children. Yeah, I mean, uh, Apple did later come out with a statement saying, hey, you guys misunderstood us. You guys (laughs) misunderstood what we're coming to do. Now, the company Apple did release a new paper delving into the safeguards, and it does hope it will actually increase user trust in this initiative. Now, that actually does include a rule to only flag images found in multiple child safety databases with different government affiliations, which is theoretically stopping one country from adding a non-CSAM content to the system. Now, this is where it gets deeper, Omnia, Mm -hmm. because the number one thing a lot of Americans don't want and a lot of people around the world don't want, they don't want the government to be snooping around their phone true right and you know uh, apple saying that they will be uh, you know having uh, databases with different government affiliations thus you know a big no-no for the public now we do know apple's upcoming ios and ipad ios releases will automatically match the us-based icloud photos accounts which you know are against known csam from a list of images that were that have been compiled now yeah. the thing is omnia right mm-hmm. when when we're talking about this the thing is, first of all, this will only apply to, you know, U.S. iCloud accounts. True. Right. And second of all, look, look, I'm on the border when it comes to this topic. So we do know that, you know, child safety is a very big priority and it is 100 percent. We have to take care of our children. Child abuse is not OK. But where do we differentiate from invading a person's privacy? Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, protecting children. 
you know now let's say uh, me for example right or not let's say specifically me i don't want to make it too personal let's say any person random person right mm. they don't do anything they have you know personal photos on their phone or whatever and you want an fbi agent or a government agent snooping through your phone because you know a picture of blood was flagged right True. maybe it's something personal maybe you're going through a health condition and they flag and they say hey you know we saw a picture of something with something <laughs> right you want to explain about that no i don't want to explain about that that's something personal right so i don't believe that you know apple has the right to do so and you know it's very bad pr for apple because just like omni was saying apple is saying hey our new slogan is uh, you know apple uh, actually, is privacy yeah, privacy really... is apple you know protect your privacy and now you know every time we want to open a new app hey would you like to select all photos select current photos mm. does that really make a difference now apple since you know you're giving all our photos away anyways i mean their new slogan is privacy that's iphone yeah, privacy that's I'm not gonna say <laughs> and it kind of denies everything that they're doing because okay the way they came out saying it's basically like whatever the government in the US kind of goes ahead and hashes or considers as child abuse those are the only photos that Apple would basically flag as considering child abuse and may go ahead and cause the FBI to contact you asking you about what photos you have on your phone but then at the same time, just like you mentioned, Hani, this kind of causes a lot of question marks. What's going to happen to our privacy? What's going to happen to our you freedom know? to save and take photos on our phones? Sometimes, you know, your child may be hurt. And let's say a mother is taking a photo of a an injury. Yeah, a nosebleed or an injury of her son to send to her husband. Or even daughter, right? True. You know, like, hey, you know, my daughter has, I don't want to get into it because, you know, it's too personal. But, you know, today is scanning iCloud photos. Tomorrow is scanning your phone calls. After tomorrow will be, hey, we're listening into your FaceTime video calls. True. Just in case, you know, you're talking about random things. Again. Child abuse. What I, if you're talking about yeah, abusing yeah. your child? You know, these things happen, you know, yeah. and I don't condone these actions. Again, I feel like there are other ways to fight it. There are other ways to fight it. I mean, that's like saying, you know, Omnia, we do suspect that million people have drugs, right? But we're going to, you know... Scan go, every phone. Go through everyone's house, you know? True. We're going to raid everyone's house just in case you don't have drugs, right? Even when True. it goes to the matter of, you know, drugs, for mm. example. In the United States, you need a warrant to enter a person's home. Yeah. Right? The police, the government needs a warrant to enter a person's home in the you United States. You can't just States. enter it. Right. And now iPhone is saying, Apple is saying, hey, you know what? We might suspect you might have it. So we're going to go through all your pictures. You know what that's going to cause, Omnia? No one's going to put their photos on iCloud. No one may purchase even iPhones. Exactly. And you know what? If people want to use iPhone, they're going to be putting it on their actual hard drive. True. And you know what, Omnia? People are going to start buying the bigger capacity iPhones mm. because they're putting all their pictures on the hard drive. So let's say iCloud, 256 yeah. gigs, right? It's going to be eaten up alive. I already have like 60k of photos anyways. <laughs> Right. Let's not get to let's but, but not that, get to the topic of how many photos that, you have. But that, that's the thing I'm talking about because yeah. you know, uh, and a lot of people Apple's, purchase extra iCloud backup. I mean, Apple is very sneaky, Omnia. Yeah. You know, they, they do tactics just so they can push you to something else. Let us know what are your thoughts and if you have the same privacy fears that 
we'd have that everyone in the world has had ever since they announced this brand new feature. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be talking about rain. Man, do I miss winter right here in the UAE. The UAE is currently testing out a cloud seeding technique in Texas in the U.S. And we're going to be sharing all those details with you in just a few moments. Yes. So if you want to be a hero, <laughs> now's the time. How? Tune in. Pulse 95. I'm waiting for the song to drop. Yeah. There we go. Pulse 95. Check this out. Check this out. Pulse 95. Would you catch me if I'm falling, right? And Are we talking about you or the rain? Yeah, that's what I'm about to get into. Would you catch me if I'm falling? And if this the rain that's fallen, I will be catching it with my tongue. You know, like in the movies. Yeah. You know, they start doing like that. How do you do that with snow? Yeah, with snow as well. But you know, for us, it's rain. Now, you know, a new UAE cloud seeding test that was done in Texas shows promising results. Now, you know, lately I feel like it's a little bit too hot for comfort you know you think maybe because last year it the hottest you know time was when we were in lockdown yeah true so we kind of really or we're still getting out of it slowly yeah we didn't really you know feel that heat per se but you know thankfully there's no lockdown now and we're feeling all the tingling ingling of the heat you know yes. you get in your car you walk from point a to point b and you're like drenched in sweat you're melting right so you know the boss sees me every day he's like so you walk only from your car to, to the office <laughs> and you look like that i'm like dude it's hot it's very hot, but we've got some good news. We may just be getting grain sometime soon, hopefully. But the National Center of Meteorology right here in the UAE has carried out a series of flights over Texas because they're currently working with the U.S. state's local weather association to try and test out a new cloud seeding technology. They're going to be using nanomaterials, which are basically very tiny, tiny substances that are usually designed for a specific purposes. In the case of cloud seeding, these nanoparticles or nanomaterials are going to be replacing the traditional salt, dry ice and other chemicals that were used in the past to kind of recreate mm -hmm. what a lot may call artificial rain. So it's going to be a very effective tool to generate rain from any existing clouds. I'm, I'm excited for it, even though sometimes I worry when cloud seeding is done. Because I feel like when you mess with Mother Nature, things may just go wrong. Yeah, I mean, 100%. When you mess with Mother Nature, things go wrong. And, you know, I do believe that it's it's done in a specific way yeah. that it won't it kind of affect the environment. Now, we do mm -hmm. know that uh, sometimes people say, oh, it's because of global warming, it's because of that. I mean, we're always used to this hot climate. But we've seen the impact of global no, warming no, I'm, now I'm, more than ever. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you on that one. I'm just saying, in general, it, we live in a hot climate. Very dry climate. And, you know, when added to that factor, it just gets, you know, boiling hot. Now, quick history lesson, cloud seeding was actually first experimented in the 1940s, believe it or not, mm -hmm. by U.S. companies. And, you know, they used dry ice and later salt was actually used on the clouds by aircrafts to increase the size of the clouds and make it more likely that they would produce rain and for longer. And, you know, actually, I do believe there are some cloud seeding being done already, like in the past week, because yeah. some areas of the UAE have been having very heavy rain. Yes, indeed. And what's interesting about this new technology is that these nanomaterials would produce positive results 
in clouds over water, even when conventional uh, cloud seeding technology would not give any effect. Now, we've seen that the Arabian Gulf is actually one of the driest regions in the world, which means that scientists and researchers typically would have to use large amounts of energy to desalinate the seawater for a variety of uses. Therefore, creating grain may actually give us more water with consuming less while still consuming less energy. Let us know what are your thoughts and if you live in any of the areas right here in the UAE that has been lucky enough to experience some rain. Our text lines are open 4215 direct us a lot or sign into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. You're listening to Pulse95 Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Apps all around. What's worth a click and download? The feature that a lot of people have been waiting for, especially those who want to switch from an Android to an iPhone. And I'm saying Android to an iPhone because I don't think a lot of people would switch to an Android after they've tried the life of using an iPhone. If you are one of those people and you've been kind of on the edge because WhatsApp chats may not necessarily always transfer and transferring them may be a hassle, WhatsApp has finally solved this issue. They've they've recently announced and launched a very easy way to allow you to switch your chat history across different operating systems. Yes, now Facebook, which is owned actually or owns WhatsApp, Mm -hmm. uh, has announced a new feature that will allow users to take their WhatsApp chat history with them when they change mobile operating systems. Now, WhatsApp did say it will be introducing the ability to move the entire chat history of WhatsApp. And that does include voice notes, photos, and conversations. And it's really going to be seamlessly and securely if users do choose to switch, uh, you know, mobile operating systems. Now, you know, it's been in, you know, the talks for years now. A lot of people have been asking for it because, you know, if you, let's say, buy a new phone and it's an Apple phone Mm -hmm. and you go to, uh, you know, move your chat from there to there, it's fine because there's a backup and it's all good. But now a lot of people are saying, but what if I want to move from Android to iPhone? True. Right. And, you know, there was never really an option for that. But now WhatsApp has given it to us. So we might see an increase in, let's say, Android to Apple. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Omnia, I might even say Android or Apple to Android. Mm, How come? Uh, Because, you know, there's a lot of concerns going on with Apple right now. Oh, yes, true. I forgot about that part. Now, this feature will be available to both uh, users of Android and iOS platforms, which definitely means that people will be able to switch back and forth between both operating systems very seamlessly. They're going to be rolling out this feature on Androids initially, um, but the newest Galaxy smartphones that came out of Samsung will be the first to get it. And some of them have even actually gotten the beta version. So on the 11th of August, they announced that they were officially out on Samsung Galaxy phones. The rest of the phones will have to wait for a couple of weeks down the line. Now to start, users will be able to take their WhatsApp history from iOS to an Android device. But soon enough, they'll be able to do the opposite, which is you know it's justifiable because i think features are always easier to introduce on uh, android devices before ios devices first yeah i mean uh, for me i do believe that you know at one point in time a lot of people will derail from you know keeping or prioritizing iphones or ios because you know android has a very big market especially with the budget phones and you know apple uh, they did come out with a budget phone or, you know, an entry-level iPhone, but True. I didn't think that it did kind of pop off as much as it was intended to pop off or how much they speculated it 
to pop off. But now, again, I, I, I think, Omnia, to go back on your point, I believe that at one point in time, people or companies will be, be prioritizing Android a lot, not just iPhone. But, you know, at the same time, a lot of people or companies do prioritize iPhone or Apple in general because of its user base and their premium buyers. Yeah. You know, when you're, when you're an app creator, you want to get the people with the most money in the bank. True. Right? And, you know, I'm not saying all uh, iPhone users are rich. No, but I'm mm. saying the majority of people who buy iPhones are people who want that premium line. And the majority of people who buy entry-level Android phones are budget-friendly. They want to keep into budget when we do know that iPhones are not budget-friendly. Absolutely. Let us know what are your thoughts. Our text lines are open for 215. Do write us a lot or sign into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. Coming up on today's show, we have lots in store for all of you. As we discuss Android once again, they're launching a new accessibility feature that may help you basically control your phone through your facial expressions. How does that work? Keep Pulse95 locked to find out more about it. This is Pulse95. Pulse95. Apps all around. What's worth a click and download? Pulse95. What's worth a click and download? Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about how to use your Android phone by kissing it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you think I'm joking? (laughs) Because, you know, there's actually a beta Android accessibility feature that will let you use facial expressions to control your phone. And you know, you can like, for example, raise your eyebrows, flip a page, wink at it, take a screenshot, blow a kiss, like give it like a, you know? (laughs) Fly kiss. Fly kiss, or you know, even just, you know, make that kissy face. And it might even, you know, open up uh, your favorite app. This is going to be an exciting um, update for those who have what many may call an expressive face. If you tend to show a lot of expressions on your face, this will be coming in handy for you because now they may bring you a little bit of wrinkles over time, but it may help you use your phone very easily. Uh, I like this feature because it will make commanding your phone become seamless. You may not even have to think about it. So facial expressions like looking left, looking right, just like you mentioned, Hani, raising your eyebrows, giving your phone a fly kiss may just kind of give your phone uh, an instruction to do a specific thing. So screenshots may start recognizing facial expressions, and this is going to hopefully limit the potential of accidental activations. So let's say you want to assign opening your mouth to tell your phone to do a specific thing. So let's say you raise your eyebrows and you want raising your eyebrows to cause your phone to open the camera app. Mm-hmm. You can go ahead and specify this on your accessibility feature on your Android device and it'll be immediately automated. You want to say, let's say, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what you would ask your phone to do for you. Maybe set alarms? <laughs> Me, uh, I mean, I think... Uh for example, for daily use, let's say uh, you know you're uh, on a let's say for example on a web page yeah. and you're reading something. Mm-hmm. When it, the eye looks down, it yeah. will scroll down. When the mm-hmm. eye looks up, it will scroll up. And I feel like you know? Apple introduced this earlier, didn't they? On their Safari web page, 
You used to look down and it would automatically do that for never. you. But then, really? I don't. I've never had that feature. No way. Yeah, I don't. I think if you used it, then it's there. But I've yeah, never used it. I remember using it. I've never. And I know you know that a lot of people would love something like this, especially you know if let's say for example you have a disability of some sort. Uh, you know, if you don't have full use of your thumbs, yeah. of your hands. You know, not all of us have fully Special functioning. Special people determination. Yeah, yeah, not all of us have fully functioning fingers. Now we do know the arrival of this new feature is alongside the latest Android 12 beta, and it does suggest it'll officially launch as part of the operating system update later this year. And again, I think that it's going to be compatible with Android 11, and a lot of developer developers are saying that, and not it might not just be exclusive. Android 12. What I like about this is it's also going to help you use your phone and command it when you're in, you know, a public or a quieter environment. You don't want to make too much noise, so you just kind of signal to your phone what to do. Kind of like when you tell, let's say, a friend to be quiet or to, you know, not do that. You just raise your eyebrows. You'll be able to do that with your phone nowadays. Yeah, I mean, it's a great feature that a lot of people will find useful. Uh, for me, I would like to stay on the normal, you know, <laughs> thing to do just because I feel like, uh, you know, when I'm on my phone a lot, I already automatically use facial expressions a lot. And, you know, let's say, for example, you're taking a video of yourself and then you like wink and then a screenshot happens. You know, there's a lot of accidental mistakes that can happen. Yeah. Uh, we do know with iPhone, if you tap, you can make a, you know, a gesture. Worst which is, mistake yeah, ever. You can tap the back of your phone and it will do a command. Uh, you know, some people have it as a screenshot, for example, and I they're screenshotting everything. <laughs> right. And some people have it as, for example, uh, open the camera or p open calls. My dad has it as uh, open screenshot or take a screenshot. And he removed it later on because he said it was too annoying. It is too annoying. Because let's say, for example, you put it on your phone. It immediately screenshot. It'll screenshot. You know, it has, it has a horrible sound to it like you're taking a picture. So, you know, you'll be in a meeting and all of a sudden, <laughs> right? You hear the sound of a camera like, hey, are you taking pictures? No, no, no. You know, and then you have to explain yourself Explain yourself to the board of directors that you are not, you know, <laughs> uh, taking pictures of secret company details. Let us know what are your thoughts about this new accessibility feature and what would you assign your phone to do? What is one expression that you tend to do very often that you want your phone to kind of get the message when you do it? Personally, I think I want them to understand that if I raise my eyebrows, let's say open camera. Let us know what are yours. 4215 door at or sign into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. Future Talk is coming to an end. But you can catch us again tomorrow, same time, same place, from 2 to 3 p.m., only here on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.